This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the, another episode of the TVU Comic Podcast. Ian's somewhere doing something. so I'm eating a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> this is Theo, and with me I have... This is Deb. This is Ian. <laughs> Hello, folks. We're back, as you could tell. Uh, we're having fun. Too much cookie dough for dinner. This episode. I didn't have cookie dough for dinner. I, <laughs> I had grilled cheese mm. with ham. No Ew. grilled cheese. It's not. It's not grilled cheese if it has anything else mm-hmm. with it. Yep. Right. It's yep. grilled ham and cheese. Yep. Yep. Grilled cheese. Mm, mustard. What mustard? Ham and mustard is the best combination. My husband oh, oh. hadn't seen um, Red October in so long, he'd forgotten most of it. So we just finished watching that tonight. And it was so good. I love oh, that so movie. This is what we do before we actually start recording. <laughs> I kind of prefer the uh, the Chris Pine Jack Ryan movie. I really I, like that movie. I don't think I've seen anyone but Alec Baldwin. That's my limit. Oh, man. You, well, the Harrison Ford ones, the first one was really good. Don't the Ben Affleck one was terrible. Yeah, I saw that. At, at some point, folks, we'll be talking about Batman. Batman. <laughs> this is what happens when you do the intro. I don't have a rhythm. <laughs> oh, it's kind of why I never listened to the Batman. I mean, not that I'll probably edit this out, but <laughs> I tried listening to the TBU Bat fans, and they talked about baseball for twenty minutes. I was like, I don't they talk about everything. They talk about everything but Batman. And <laughs> yeah, I, that's kind of why I, uh, I also have tried to listen to that. At least the the TBU podcast with Dustin is like about Batman. Super on point. Yeah, because this Dustin, you know, he's like laser focused. <laughs> All right, so and so, and so we, we just have, have one comic comic to cover yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, it's taken over, <laughs> and it's Batman one twenty seven. But before that, we have a little bit of news. Thanks to Theo, who reminded me that the oh, I'm going to make my joke. They announced that Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee have written and are drawing a comic, a five page epilogue to Hush, which will be released in the Hush twentieth anniversary edition. And I joked that I now expect it to be the 21st anniversary edition because Jim Lee will take that long to finish the art. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong, though. I'm telling you all, he and Frank Miller will finish All-Star Batman and Robin. It may be in a decade or two, but it's going to happen. I bet that it's actually written. I think that it's probably just... Well, M- Miller said, yeah, the script has been done. It's So I would take his word for it compared to Lee saying, yeah, we'll look <laughs> at it. Anyway, but, I do think it's kind of fun. I will be interested. We might, depending on what happens in it, we may cover it on the podcast or not. I mean, it all depends. It's only five pages, so it could be just 
like, I don't know, five pages of Batman Cat were making out. <gasps> I'd read that. I'd buy Which the whole we would cover because because <laughs> Steph is on the podcast, and I also enjoy a good Batman Catwoman making out scene. Although I prefer I prefer if it's not like Judd Winnick in the New Fifty Two because that was that was there was no love there. That was just physical, and I don't like. Where's the emotional connection? Like I I didn't like it. I fell in love with them on a visual basis. They don't need to have an emotional connection. <laughs> this is a lie. <laughs> Okay. okay, you're talking about the person who, before recording, was married to Joshua Williamson. And <laughs> because if knows. he's Damien's daddy, then I'm Damien's mommy, and then we're married. It's the only thing that makes Batman sense. and Talia are not married. They, they are, in fact, estranged. And, and Talia Agu has nothing to do with it. That's true. And technically, if uh, your mommy, then Grant Morrison is daddy. <laughs> I pity that child. There's nothing special in my water. It's just water. Sure. (laughs) These are lies. (laughs) So let us begin with our reviews with Batman 127. Written by Chip Zdarsky. Illustrated by Jorge Jimenez. Colored by Tomu Mori. In the past, after the events of JLA Tower of Babel, in which Batman's files on how to take down the Justice League fall into the hands of Ra's al Ghul, Superman confronts Batman in the Batcave. Bruce explains he couldn't be on the Justice League if even one person doubted him, so it matters not that he was voted out. When Superman presses him on how Batman can be so callous about his files on the Justice League, Batman pushes back. Clark asks what the contingency for Batman was. To which Bruce answers, the Justice League. Superman then asks Bruce to tell the truth about who really stops Batman. In the present, in the Batcave under Wayne Manor, Tim Drake Robin meets the Batman of Zur-Nar, Batman's subconscious failsafe personality stripped of Bruce Wayne. This Batman has been called upon by Bruce to save everyone because this version is the one who created the murderous rampaging robot known as Failsafe. Zurinar deleted the memories of how he created Failsafe, so Batman and Robin get to work in trying to solve the problem. However, Failsafe arrives. The dynamic duo engage the robot, with Robin trying to convince Failsafe that Batman did not murder the Penguin. At the wreckage from the battle last issue, Commissioner Renee Montoya tells Nightwing she can't keep avoiding Mayor Nakano's calls about the incident. Trusted emergency crew members head members of the Bat family to the hospital. But Nightwing makes sure that none of their masks are uh, removed, even though they're unconscious. It turns out that Failsafe planted bombs that are now going off to distract the Bat family. Oracle and Nightwing agree that they need backup to fight Failsafe. Zurinar and Robin take the fight upstairs to Wayne Manor, as they struggle to defeat Failsafe. Bruce, watching from the back of Zurinar's mind, sees that even a pure Batman can't stop Failsafe. With Robin's life in jeopardy, Bruce reasserts control and saves his son from failsafe. Bruce then tells Robin to get away and call for help, running back in to finish his battle with the machine. He tries to find weaknesses in the robot, but fails, getting pummeled by the robot. He makes his way to the grand staircase, seeing visions of Tim Drake, Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, and Damian Wayne running down the stairs. He thinks of his sons as death beckons him. He collapses to the ground... 
as Superman arrives. So I'll be I'll be completely honest. I did not expect Superman to show up. I I think I was saying after the last issue that I thought that there's going to be some contrived reason why the Justice League can't show up because and I was okay with that because I prefer Batman to solve Batman problems. But how do you feel about Superman showing up? Well, okay, yeah. So it's like you said, like there's been so many times in the last two, three years that all the problems would have gone away if Superman had just showed up. <laughs> and he never did. And there's always either, you know, there's either reason or they don't even mention it, you know, whatever. And so when I saw him at the beginning, my heart leapt. I was like, here is my EMP right here. <laughs> and so I was really hoping he would be there at the end. And then he was so dark and menacing and so scary. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I was very happy. Yeah, that that the last few pages when you know he shows up and he you just see his eyes and he's like uh, I'm gonna need you to back away from my friend. I'm like, shit, that's clock. <laughs> and then you get to that page and I mean, I mean it's just he just does a great job of whoever he pencils and mm. him standing there just in the doorway and the wind swirling around him was just. Chip's kiss. I agree. I thought it was a great moment. I'm looking forward to Chip doing some. I'm hoping he'll do something similar to like the double date issue that Tom King did, where it's just like, I mean, obviously, I would prefer it if Selena and Lois were there too, but just like Bruce and Clark having, you know, showing who they are because they they have such interesting character dynamic because they're so different, but also both so determined to fight for justice and save people. So that contrast and similarity just provides so much interesting character interaction. But yeah, this is this is exciting to me because it is character. And I love how it bookends the beginning of the issue with the flashback mm-hmm. and then the end of the issue where Superman shows up. Like that's that's good construction, I think. That's mm-hmm. really artistic and it just works. How do you feel about all the 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 contrast between Batman calling his Robins and Batgirls soldiers versus calling Tim his son and then the the flash of that sort of like hallucination of seeing his sons running down the staircase. Like, I feel quite clearly that Zdarsky put the whole does Batman care about his family to rest? Like, clearly, Zdarsky, this Bruce loves his family. What do you think? No, it doesn't. And I, and I hate to cut Steph, Steph no, off for it. It, it, it. it doesn't. I mean, that's simply because some people just can't be satisfied you know like when you asked the question two episodes ago when we first brought up this topic you know people just need to chill but you know that's never gonna happen and and no matter what what the end story will be no one will be satisfied you know hey i'm still holding a grudge against tom king for batman 50 so yeah, I, I I don't think this resolves anything with those who are unresolvable. As as I've learned in my cynical old age, people cannot be reasoned out of ideas they didn't reason themselves into. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that people are the Terminator. They cannot be reasoned exactly. with or bargained with mm-hmm. or bought. <laughs> but I thought it was lovely. I thought it was so it was a great 
not imagery, but a uh, 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 storytelling device to say that Bruce's love for his kids was so strong that even though he has this carpent, carp, 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 this separate part of himself that is only supposed to be Batman, it was so strong it reached into that carpentalization. English is a hard language, by the way. Um, so I loved that. And I also, I mean, apart from that, I loved that Batman, Zurinar Batman, knew that Batman would want to deactivate Failsafe, and so he f- forgot how to deactivate Failsafe on purpose. And it's based, so Batman. It's hilarious. And based on that, going back to your your thing from last time, I'm pretty sure there's no EMP. There's no EMP. Superman was the EMP. Do you think that this issue or these the run so far, these three issues have given enough context of both, you know, Batman, Zurinar, and the Tower of Babel? Um, I don't know. I assume that. Well, I know Theo has read both of those, but Steph, I think you probably haven't. I haven't read it. I am very familiar with the story, and I think I've either seen or watched, or maybe I did read something about it, but I am familiar enough with it that I know what it all is. Okay, but let's put ourselves in a place where if we haven't read those stories, mm-hmm. do you think that this these three issues provide enough context that the story works without being deep in that lore? I don't think it's that important. Like, I think the gist of it is there that... Batman had a plan for every member, including himself. And that's all I need to know. Like, there's not too much more I need to know about that story, other than in that story, which is summarized at the beginning here, there really wasn't a failsafe for Batman, so he made one. Also, with proper editing, there will be reference points if someone wanted to follow up on it. Well, there is one that says, see the JLA Tower of Babel which I actually very much appreciated that there was an editor's note for that. I felt like there was one more, but maybe I'm thinking yeah, But I, I, I didn't think there was one for uh, R.I.P. though. There was one for R.I.P. That was There the was? One. I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Well, the interesting thing is like 87%. the end of the backup, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I'm just going to talk about the the lettering. It says that next week, next month, the backup is going to be about uh, Zerinar Year One. So that's kind of cool. So I think that Zdarsky is going to... Because the thing about Zuranar is that originally Zuranar was like this wacky drug dream sequence character in the 60s and 70s, I think. And then Grant Morrison made Zuranar a backup personality of Batman in Batman R.I.P. But Batman Zuranar only showed up like already... like. He gets some exposition of what he is, but we don't get to see the creation of Zurinar. So I think it would be cool to see the creation, because honestly, one of my... And I fully expect lots of people to try and cancel me for this. Oh, Batman fans. Bat cancel me. Um, I think Batman R.I.P. has way too much exposition. It You're always told to show, don't tell. And Batman R.I.P. just tells and tells and tells and tells. Like, so much of that book happens off-panel, and then you're told about it in dialogue, and I think that's really frustrating. So I'm very excited to see this genesis of Zuranar in the backups. And how long have you been reading comics? Since 2005. Okay. And I'm pretty sure off-panel has been 
around long before that. Oh, yes. Doesn't but I can sense. still hate it. I mean, you've been reading since 1989. so yeah, Exactly. And you could, you still hate it. So I say that off-paddling always sucks. Page 9, Tim refers to the Zuranor Black case file. And then the bottom it says, back in the comic, Batman, R.I.P. storyline. Who's editing this book? Is this Ben Abernathy directly? It says Ben and Dave are the editors. Ben Abernathy and Dave Wilgos. Um, well, Ben, I know, is... is He's the group editor, so he's an exec. Um, so my guess is Dave probably is doing most of the heavy editing on this. Uh, so good on you guys. Do you know what they're failing on? Knowing what length Montoya's hair color, her hair is, and where she is. <laughs> but that's a different story. Well, so on the hair length thing, when Montoya is the question, her hair length is different than when she's not. When she's in Batgirls, she's got a bob. And when she is in Batman, she has long curly hair. How long is her hair in I Am Batman? It's it's long curly hair. So, but she's in New York. <laughs> right. So so here's another. Here's an editor that I think is probably a very nice person, but I have some issues with how she does her job. I think Jessica At Chen least. is At not least. doing as good a job. At least in Detective, we have an idea of where things are in time. Do we? I thought Chen was editing Detective, though. I don't know, but but there was a point where I believe, and we talked about this, because I know I covered it in my review, where we knew where things were because Penguin was still alive. That's true. Because he was talking to Harvey, and he was saying, I know it's not you know, Riddler is not Penguin, blah, blah, blah. So we knew at that point Penguin was still alive. So at least we had some time frame of knowing what's going on compared to... But whatever. Uh, it, 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 would be, it would be interesting to see how uh, how Renee looks in uh, Ridley's series when it comes out. Oh, right. Yeah, Blue Wall. Yeah, I might. was looking forward to that, but then I read like these pages from Ridley's Black Panther run, and I'm back in the toilet of not excited at this at all it is such a wasted opportunity what is going to happen next i i i have to admit i don't know i because i didn't expect superman to show up so i was like uh batman's gonna think of something and also we're only halfway through so yeah i think superman fails i mean i think so too if we have if we have three issues left next issue is going to be fail safe Already ha- being part of a contingency, having a contingency built in for Clark and probably taking them out with some kryptonite or something of that nature. Will it be magic or will it be kryptonite? Probably kryptonite. Unless, wait, unless, you know, we get the first bit of the night weaved into the main series with uh, him using some magic learned from. The That would be interesting. Mm. That's why I'm asking. You but, know? okay, listen. The backup just finished. And if that's supposed to be leading to a crossover of some kind, is that a crossover within this story? And so maybe they have to go into hiding or something and Catwoman's going to help them or something. I don't know. No, you know? I am 100% confident that the crossover is going to happen starting in January. Oh. And it's a crossover with Detective, Catwoman, and Batman. Oh. 
keeps saying that, but he doesn't say what it's going to be about. It's going to be about Batman, Catwoman, and Detective. What do you? I don't know. know. Well, technically, you're talking about two people. Yes, you're you're correct. So it's just going to be Batman, Catwoman, but it's going to include the detective. I don't know who this detective is, but uh... (laughs) Batman is the detective. Oh, also Talia, because she's in Detective right now. (sighs) Don't get me started. But. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen. I didn't know there was going to be three more issues. So yeah, Superman can't just come in and save the day. So he's I wonder... not on any of the covers either. Yeah. So he's probably got like a failsafe. Probably has like a little kryptonite container in his chest or something. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. But oh, they're exciting. As long as he just stopped beating Bruce's head, in. maybe they're going to have to find Zuranar's lost memories. Well, yeah, this is really going to be Batman truly R.I.P. That's going to be the secret title of this arc. <laughs> all, all I know is this arc is going to end with Bruce Wayne Batman figuring out how to defeat Failsafe. Anyone else doing it, a la Superman or Justice League or what have you, just kills the story. Yeah. So, yeah. They may be able to buy him some time, but yeah, I agree with that. Clock fails. I mean, that was the big criticism of uh, both, to some extent, Tom King's run, although I still think that's unfair. But a lot of people, like, I always brought this up because I always saw people saying this, but during James Tynan's run, everyone criticized James Tynan because he had other people winning, other people, and Batman was losing. And I'm like... Sometimes Batman loses, but I don't think Zdarsky is going to do that. I think Zdarsky has set the tone for this very much being Batman drives the story forward. And I think it's cool. Uh, I I really enjoy the writing a lot. Mm -hmm. All right. So let us move to our backup. You don't want to talk about the art? Uh, I want to talk about the art just a little. Let's talk about the art because Jorge Jimenez and Tomu Mori deserve to have a few minutes spent on talking about their art. Yeah, so listen, our problem with tech episodes is that we can't find a picture in the issue that is good enough to use as a cover picture. And the problem with Batman lately is there's too many and you can't pick just one. Ah, it's so good. I would appreciate just one, just one decent drawing of Talia in this current run of Detective. And that's I mean, she, in some panels, she looks more manly than Bruce Wayne. And that's, okay. Let's talk about Jorge and Timu Morey, because they're doing an awesome job. They have my heart. I just, uh, it's going to be so hard when Jorge leaves, because he has been killing Batman since... When was his first issue? 90. Oh, I want to say it's like 90 or 91. And we're on 127 now. And he's done about, I want to say, like he came on 70% the, of those the issues. Didn't he come on with, with Grand Design? Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he did two issues in The Designer. And then he did all of Joker War. And then he took five issues off. And then he did 11 of the 12 issues of the prelude to Fear State and Fear State itself. Is he doing all six ep- issues of this one? He's solicited for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he, so here's the thing. I look back at some of the, the tweets he's been doing. He drew 
uh, pieces of last month's issue back in February. He's been working on this. He's been working on this arc since like last December. So he's way far ahead, and he had to be because he's also doing that other. Um, he's doing that Mark Millar graphic novel. Um, so he's going to be super super busy. Um, but he says he's not leaving Matman. So he might have like one or two issues off for like special things. He might not do the crossover. Um, but he says he's on Batman, uh, and he's not planning on leaving, which I, I mean, this does my heart good. I just, I love Jorge on Batman. I love Jorge in general. I love him on Superman. I love him on Batman. I would love to see him do a Wonder Woman run, but like Batman is where we spend all our time. So I would love it if he just stayed on for another three years. (laughs) I really hope that he, he becomes remembered as one of the Batman artists. Like Jim Lee is remembered Mm -hmm. because I really think that what he's done on Batman is the equal of what Jim Lee did on Hush. It's really great. Oh, I, I don't know if I will go that far. <laughs> but I feel like it's I mean, really Hush, I'm, I, and that's And that's not to take anything away from Jorge, but what Jim Lee did on Hush is just, no, I, 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 I won't go that far. And again, I'm, I'm here I, for the spicy takes. I, I love, I love Jorge, but no, what Jim Lee did on Hush just too phenomenal, and no, I, I can't. I won't. I, that's fair. Whereas I, I think I agree with Theo on a, I don't know, basic level. Like I guess the, theoretical. I don't know. On some level, I totally agree. But I feel like Jorge's is more human. Like when I look at these faces, I see softness. I see emotion. Whereas Jim Lee, it was good and fantastic and spe- like probably, you know, um, uh, theoretically perfect and great. <laughs> Maybe not perfect, but wonderful. It's there was something mechanical about it. Whereas this, I just feel that like there's emotion in it. So. And we also got to remember the time, the, the time and when Jim Lee drew Hush is far different than yeah, it's twenty years ago. Yeah, well, be twenty one before we see that anniversary. Not, not not just chronological time, but from the art style. No, and yeah, I know what you're saying. It, you know, some some of those drawings in in Hush would probably even be looked down on today. Because, you, know. you know, Hush is like the peak of its time. So we compare it to the peak of our time instead of comparing it to all the books that came out at the same time. Like, I've done a ton of reading around that time. And like, I understand how revolutionary Hush was at the time. Um, and it's like you have to compare what Jorge's doing to what, you know, the other people are doing. Like, well, <laughs> like Howard Porter, the last <laughs> Batman. <laughs> I'll put it to you this way. there are There are very few artists right now that I would put on the same level at, as Jorge right now. And just one off the top of my head who I might Dan say Moore. is better is Dan Moore. Yeah. That, <sighs> I'm, give, I'm giving Steph dreams. Dan Moore Robin is one of my favorites. Dick Grayson Moore. But, oh. <laughs> Bruce in jail. Bruce in jail. Oh, so good. All right. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we have done justice to this. So I will move on to Two Birds, One Throne, 
the finale of the backup series by Chip Zdarsky and artist Balin Ortega. In Metropolis, a man by the name of Paul Meredith leaves a bakery and heads back to his flower shop. Catwoman comes calling, outing Paul as Oswald Cobblepot the Penguin. It turns out that the money Cobblepot left to a bird sanctuary went to a cell company for bird supplies that was owned by a modest florist named Paul Meredith, a man who recently had a nose job. Oswald tells Catwoman he wants out of the Gotham scene, that he's done being a night animal. He tells her that Batman is an addiction they all have, and for a while he wanted nothing more than revenge. But now, Oswald just wants his life to himself. He didn't intend for his kids to kill each other. Rather, he thought they'd bond. Catwoman agrees to keep Oswald's secrets, but he tells him that Aiden and Addison Cobblepot will pay for murdering their siblings. Oswald says he understands, but when Catwoman leaves, he hopes his two surviving children give the bat and the cat hell. Afterward, Catwoman sends the night to Metropolis and ponders her own place in Gotham. She's not ready to leave it yet, but perhaps she can break some cycles of her own. So we've come to the end of our three-part story of um, Catwoman by Chip Zdarsky. Let's let's start with a big question. How do you feel about this three-part story? I thought it was a good backup. It had nothing to do with this story, but it sounds like it's going to have something to do with a future story. It, it doesn't have nothing to do. It no, no, okay. follows up on Her, the Batman, the yes. Cobblepot. And what it does is it proves that Failsafe is, has no right to do what he's doing because Batman didn't kill anyone because n- nobody's dead um so that actually does bother me a little bit that's like Catwoman should come back and say hey he's not dead <laughs> but she doesn't know what's going on but, but she's in metropolis yeah but but over, no i it was a good it was a good chaser for such an intense issue and i i like the feel of it i like that it's not completely unrelated but it's its own story and it was and the art is gorgeous i thought it was great i truly loved the reveal Yes. Um, I think what happens now is this might be, you know, and and Ian kind of mentioned it in reading the summary. I think this begins the final breakup of the bat and the cat, considering she's thinking of what type of cycles in her life she's going to break. And I think... Bruce Wayne might be one of them, which I am so sad to hear. Or maybe being on a break is the cycle she wants to get rid of, and she wants to start being together again. We would only hope. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've said many times that I think that this um, story, that this story that Zdarsky's telling, like the long term, he said he's here for the long haul. I think that means at least two years, hopefully three or four um, I think long term he wants to get them together, but I think that he's going to build to that. I don't think he's going to start with them together. I think he's going to build to a reconciliation and having them sort of define the relationships and say, we're not on a break, we're going to actually break up is the first step before, you know, a big romantic coming together. God, I would hate that. I mean, I mean, you're the one who suggested it. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, I know I suggested it, but I would hate it. And, and I would hate it simply because. What were we told going all the way back to Grand Design? What 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 was the time limit? One year. One year. Exactly. And how long has it been? Mm-hmm. Well, in universe time, I mean, it hasn't in been a year. Or whatever, but still, you know what I mean. I'm pretty sure we're we're close, if not beyond that point, even in comic book time. 
They're never going to say because they won't let Bruce age. That's true. I thought, right. I mean, not to skip ahead too much, but in Batman versus Robin, I thought the character at the beginning of that book was Dick for the first like few pages because he was so young. Unrelated. Um, what is Penguin up to? <laughs> I am willing to believe him because one thing the ending said to me was that he is not a good guy. He hasn't converted. He's just tired. And so like him rooting for his kids to give them hell, I think is, or to give Batman and Catwoman hell is totally him still being a baddie. He's just, he's done. He's done with crime. And I don't, yeah. Being too tired to commit a crime doesn't make you not a criminal. <laughs> yeah. I, and I personally don't think he's done. He's saying he's tired, but you know, you take a break long enough. You, you could, ready to jump yeah. back in again for sure he just has a, a, a he ju- he'll jump back in with a different looking nose mm-hmm. i personally think he's not tired at all i think he's completely lying the whole time and has an evil plan that's gonna happen and it's quite possible maybe he'll be responsible for the um the crossover since he is in this catwoman story or he could be like the overall big bad that um batman will have to face in the end I'm not saying I'm not totally thinking that that's a possibility, but I think it is equally possible that he is just wanting to be a rich florist. Basically, I just think that Penguin is a liar and evil and probably has sex with penguins. So, (laughs) That is a joke, by the way. I do not actually think that Penguin had sex with penguins. He he enjoyed Tom King's run on Batman. He totally believed that Penguin had. Tom King did. I don't have to accept that. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you to not be in denial about something, because that is where I live. Were you surprised by this twist that Penguin was alive? I didn't see it coming. I mean, to be fair, I wasn't thinking about it too hard when I was reading it, but I, I was actually fairly surprised. I was... I mean, I could see it coming before the big quote-unquote reveal, but I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then when he took the knife out and he's just cutting his muffin. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I liked it. it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was, I don't think it was shocking, but it was definitely a fun surprise. I totally saw it coming, uh, only because I read the issue weeks before Steph did, so... <laughs> That's not seeing it coming. <laughs> that, oh, that's saw it coming. Oh, Steph didn't see it. But other than that, no, I didn't see, I didn't see it coming. Good yeah, reviews. I was also like, surprised. Like, I probably this, shouldn't be, but... This issue like, had two good reveals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you guys excited for the Zuranar backstory? I don't know. I mean, I'm excited just because I think it's clear that Zdarsky's proved that yeah. he's a really good writer now. I will say that's probably the only reason I am, is that, well, one backstory of a character I don't like very much has proven been proved to me by Tynion doesn't, doesn't matter. It could still be an amazing story, and that's why Peacekeeper 1 is, like, the best, was one of the best single issues of that whole year. Um so it and then yeah, like you said, Zadarsky Zadarsky has really been proving himself in in the the night. Is that what it's called? I always forget. What yeah, called. yeah. The fact that you have to ask that question I is don't remember anything. Very dude. hurting. It's just 
very neat, right? I have slept since the last time I read an issue. And these 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 last three issues have been so crazy and exciting that I have I have hope that it'll be good, but it is by no means on the merit of Zurinar being the character that it's gonna be about. Leo, are you excited about the Zurinar backstory? I am not. Of course I'm excited. Come on. Huh? Oh. You gotta you gotta you gotta be more sarcastic. You gotta <laughs> drip with sarcasm, otherwise I will miss it. Let's see. That's the that's the you want to admit, you want to be believable, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm excited. Like I said, I am. I I was sold on Sadowski writing Batman a long time ago, you know. So, and he's only he's only solidified my um, my appreciation for what he's done thus far. Only three issues in, but when you compare, when you when you add that in with what he's done in the night, as well as uh, some of his black and white stories, you you really dig the voice he gives, not just Bruce, but all the characters that he's been writing thus far. Yeah, um, I I've tried to find some like thoughtful like detractors from Zdarsky in the reviews. And all I'm seeing are stupid complaints like, where did all the Bat family come from last issue? I'm like, what do you mean? They're just, it's Gotham. They're hanging out. This is not bad writing. Sometimes I really despair of comic book writers and tumblers and Twitters. Like, it just. You mean commenters? Yeah. Comic book social media errors. Redditors. I mean, writers yeah. too, but not these ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so out of five backup plans, because both Batman and Penguin have backup plans mm -hmm. in this issue, how many will we give this issue? Y'all, I've decided to be a little more gracious and give a book what it's due, and I'm giving this, I think, a four. Like, maybe four and a half. Four and a half. I will say four and a half. This this book gave me feels. Zora and our Batman now loves the Bat family, too. And Superman is there and it's just so good. And the backup was great. And it threw me for a loop. And oh, four and a half out of five. This was this was a great issue. And the art is just excellent. I am leaning four to five, but I will do a solid four. I'm going to go with a four, but it's like. It's a four that wants to go up. Yeah, I, it's a little early in the arc for me to really want to go higher, but it is. A, a phenomenal issue and the backup adds to the it adds to it it's not taking away points it's meeting the level of the main story and mm -hmm. it's really good whole good package fully endorsed buying this comic okay oh, so, right. wait wait so scott walden i know you oh, have, Scott give it three on the website i don't know why that's so low yeah, scott, you and i are gonna have to talk buddy <laughs> this a three come on now so that gives us an average of 3.88. And because of Theo, it gets a mode of four. <laughs> I changed my score. Two. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> 4.1. 3.99999. Rounds up to a four, still a mode. Whether you are a first time TBU Comics podcast listener, 
a 13-year veteran, or anything in between. We'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TBU Bat Family and let us know what you think. All right, so let's start on our Greater Gotham. Thankfully, not nearly as much as last time. Dark Knights of Steel, Tales of the Three Kingdoms. Now, this is a prequel, uh, prequel anthology of stories for the Dark Knights of Steel. Okay, listen. Thumbs up, but that cover was misleading. I thought this was going to be like Muppet Babies, the Batman issue, and it wasn't. <laughs> they were like 9 and 12 and 18. I'm like, that's fine, whatever. It had Robin Babies. <laughs> they did have Robin Babies. Baby Steph was in it. Sort of. Yes. (laughs) But thumbs up. It was really cute. I love the whole issue. Yeah, thumbs up for me, too. Although I was not too pleased with Bruce turning on Bane. Uh, I was hoping that somewhere down the line, as we got back into the main story, that that would come back. Oh, yeah. He could still be there. He just went to prison. Did he get executed? I don't remember. Well, yeah. No, he didn't go to prison. But I'm just saying... um, it would have been interesting, and it still may happen, yeah. you know, that Bruce uses what Bane taught him oh. to mm-hmm. take down Clock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this may surprise you, but it's also a thumbs up for me. Probably Maybe because Steph- probably because Tom Taylor only did a third of the book. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it has Steph in it, and Tom Taylor didn't write very much of it, so two positives for me. Oh my goodness. But no, it's really, really cute. It's a really fun. And this is the kind of thing, like, one of my problems with the Dark Knights of Steel is I feel like it's all over the place. But in an anthology, being all over the place is kind of the point. And I feel like the stories kind of flesh out the world in ways that I find interesting rather than, you know, trying to tell this, like, fast-moving plot. But there's so much world-building that he's skipping over. Um, I don't know. This just worked for me a lot better. Well, also in an anthology, you you're just telling one story so it has to be super tight beginning middle end conclusion denouement all that in like five pages right uh batman beyond neo year number six the finale of this story i decided to say thumbs up i think you as decided. a whole I, I it wasn't i don't know like the villain was the villain good in this thing no was the ending that exciting? No. But the relationships and the new status quo for Bat characters, I thought, was good. And the characters were well-written. I like the relationships. I like that <laughs> Barbara became, like, the new Oracle with her triple-headed robot friend. <laughs> um, I, overall, like, as the whole arc and with this last issue, I ended up really liking it and thumbs up for me. Abstain. Steph convinced me to come back to this comic, and I'm glad I did. So it's going to be a thumbs up. I think that Steph said said it really well. I think that 
There are definitely weaknesses in the plotting, but character-wise and concept-wise, there are a lot of really fun things. And mm-hmm. it says it's coming back next year, so Ooh, I, would like that. I am interested to see what they do next. I think this might be the first Batman Beyond trade I'm thinking about purchasing. Nice. Yeah. Batman, Dear Detective. <laughs> Skipped it. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Lieber Mayho does... He's very skilled but I don't really like his style. And this is not a book. This is an art gallery. And I resent them trying to tell me it's a book. I did skim yeah. through it. And I was like, these pictures aren't even related. They don't tell any kind of story. That is, in fact, correct. Yeah. It, 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 and I think that's by design. I mean, the stupid letters in between the pages just meant absolutely. If you if you bought this book, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I wish that someone would be super clever and like do a run of variant covers that are actually telling a story. Yeah, I think cool. that would be awesome. I feel this like is not almost, that. I feel like they almost could have because there was a while that he was doing a bunch of them for tech. Yeah, he was like, the main te- tech. Yeah. He was the main variant artist. Yeah. Very good cool artist. He could have. And he says he did. I just, I am not convinced he did. <laughs> Not at all. Batgirls number 10. What did I say? I think I decided bat thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'm liking the art a lot better now. Oh, well, it's I a loved, new artist. I loved that Tamaguchi, Maps' brother, was in it. That was kind of cute. And I like that there's one villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's actually two. Oh, whatever. There's not 15 villains. Yes, that um, is true. Babs' whole wheelchair or not wheelchair thing is still irking me off, but whatever. I'm enjoying the book a lot more than I used to. Well, I, I do have a question for you, because I feel like I feel like the writers really want her to be in the wheelchair, but editorial says she has to not be in the wheelchair. Do you think it would be... Which would you prefer? Would you prefer her to not at all be in the wheelchair, or would you prefer her to be like full-time Oracle wheelchair? I feel like they need to approach the subject and make up their mind. Like, well, I'm I'm asking what your opinion would be. I I don't think it. I don't, know, I don't want to say it's not reasonable, but it is a little odd that when she's home, she scoots around in the wheelchair, and then she goes out as Batgirl and swings around. It's just like it would make a lot more sense if they said that she took a shot of steroids every time she went out. Yeah, or something. I don't know, but it's just a little. It is a little jarring, I think, to see her in the wheelchair. And then be dancing around. But I don't know. I I am, have very little experience with being paralyzed. <laughs> uh, not that Barbara is anymore. I don't know. It's just, it's a it's a touchy subject. Um and it's just it's just odd. I feel like I agree they need to pick one. I'm just curious which one you would want them to pick. Um I think they've got two back girls dancing around. They it'd be okay for her to be a full time oracle. I lean that way myself just because I, I came into comics in 2005 when she was Oracle all the mm-hmm. time. And I loved those stories in Birds of Prey. So I would love her to be Oracle full-time. I know that commercially she's been Batgirl for 10 years. And there's a whole generation of fans who expects her to be Batgirl. And commercially, I would I would prefer they pick... Um, okay, so I'm saying this wrong. Commercially, they should pick her being Batgirl because that's the audience they've built, and I think it can work. In my heart, I wish that she could be Batgirl. 
Um, I'm not going to be bitter that she's not. Sorry, I mean, Oracle. <laughs> sorry, I meant Oracle. I'd prefer that she'd she'd be in in the in the wheelchair full time doing the thing because she was so dynamic and she was so proactive. She made plans and she was just such a leader and such a mentor and so mature. And I really appreciate that character. And I think she could be that again. I'm not sure the writers, not just Clunan and Conrad, I'm not sure that the main writers are in a place where they can write her as Oracle right now. Mm-hmm. Because writing her as Oracle requires a, a lot of complicated and careful plotting. If you look at how Chuck Dixon and Doug Munch and Devin Grayson and Scott Beatty and all those writers in the the 90s and the early 2000s, how they wrote Oracle, um, those were carefully plotted. Uh, The plots in today's stories, I am not going to say they're bad, but they're much more interested in thematic resonance and action than they are in the careful sort of puzzle pieces that the writers in the 90s and early 2000s put together. And I think you really need those careful puzzle piece type plots to make Oracle really powerful. Have Priest write Oracle. Oh, no. Why are you making me want things I can't have? <laughs> I want it so much. Oh, he's such As a good writer. someone not reading this book, I will only say I prefer Babs as Oracle. However, I don't think it requires her to be in the wheelchair. To I would do agree so. with that. I would agree. That is true. Um, but it does but I feel like the... if she's not in the chair, all the Batgirl fans are going to be like, why isn't she Batgirl? Yeah. Just burn the suit. <laughs> <laughs> we tried that in Burnside and we got a worse suit. Burn, burn the suit, marry her off the dick, and, and say, hey, I will stay home. Ever have a baby? <laughs> yeah, th- there we go. Problem solved. Oh man, the Dick Corey shippers will go crazy. They have been going crazy for the last six months, and I am so sick of it. And then they've been the going people. on for they've been going on this for decades. So yep. at this point, doesn't matter. But they're so obnoxious and unpleasant about it. Unless just, unless our listeners are Dick Corey shippers, then we'd love you. No, I really don't great. care. Come at me, Dick Corey shippers. <laughs> I mean, they we're a Batman podcast. We are allowed to ship Dick and Babs. They officially called it quits in Titans Academy, Teen Titans Academy, which no follow, one was reading anyway. Follow Frozen. Let it go. <laughs> yes, Elsa. All right, and for me, this is also a thumbs up. I am still enjoying it. It's definitely a step up from uh, the last, uh, the seven and eight. Um, I really like Neil Gouge's art. Um, I, I will agree. This book has some flaws. It's not the book I hoped for, but it's, I do enjoy it. Like, I do enjoy reading. Batman Urban Legends number 19. Steph, do you remember what this book is? Oh, gosh. I wanted I to have I don't nice remember. Things. I wanted to have nice things to say about this, and the the um the the, the Duke Thomas or the outsiders. Oh, outsiders! Was yeah, lovely. that was a good story. That was really good. It wasn't worth paying ten dollars for this book. This book was garbage. There was a two-page quote unquote Two Face story. There was that ugh, that Alfred story that is so wordy and boring. I can't read it. I literally can't read it. I fall asleep reading that story. And then there's the creepy-ass ventriloquist story. Oh, that was so messed up. That was so messed up. 
and then if there was anything else, I don't remember because the ventriloquist story. The Croc story. Brain. Oh, the Croc story. That was a good. I think that was a good that idea, was... and there was some. I think there was good stuff that could have been good in there, but it was terrible. The whole thing was terrible. I, I I mean I really wanted to give this book a neutral <laughs> and I could not do it because one the outside of the story is already over like really it started out with a bang and then it was bloop, okay now it's over yeah two we get no announcement of a outside of the series so I'm hoping upon hope Marie Javins that I don't jump out of my first floor window screaming that it pops up in solicits which at this point I don't think it will because usually stuff like that leaks around this time and then again like Steph said those other stories were just I mean the, the, the Damien thing was I mean you blink your eyes and you, you missed it the Alfred story was just I don't know, talking to Bruce while he's getting drawn out of helicopters and stuff, just no, no, no. I was not crazy about the Croc story at all, and the Vinquilitus story just don't let your kids read that. Don't let your kids read it. Oh, I could never eat spaghetti again. Just terrible. Just I don't know. Just just so, wait. So here's it. here's my thing on Urban Legend. And if you give this book anything other than a thumbs down, I, I am flying. I'm giving it a neutral because the outsider story was good. I gave it a neutral because the outsider story was good. But like, if you could rip that out and just leave the rest of the book in the store, that's what I would do. <laughs> I agree. Um, I I look at Urban Legends. What are the series they've launched from Urban Legends? They've launched Deathstroke Inc. as a fine series, but it's kind of meh. Yeah, it's meh. They've launched um, Tim Drake Robin. Thumbs down. Um, To be fair, we haven't we we haven't necessarily. No, I'm talking about the stories in Urban Legends. Oh yeah, those stories were thumbs down. Thumbs down. Like the story about Deathstroke Inc. was sort of meh. Um, it had Black Canary. I liked that, but well, the previews are out there, and the Reddit world hates it. So, and they're of the sense that Fitzsimmons either hate Steph, hate Tim, hate both, or just hate comics. And I just well, think I that say is Martin just, is incompetent. Yes, I, I just what I call it. I say Fitzsimmons. No, I'm sorry, Fitzmartin. Fitzsimmons but, is the great ship in the Agents of Shield TV show. Yeah. Oh God, that was love. I They're love so cute. I know, but and and I agree. I just I I don't know. They got the wrong person to do this, and <sighs> yes, they did. Um, I and, am hoping. And so now I'm... they're they're now they've launched this Azrael series, and now I like the Azrael series, but I am going to be the first to say that I don't know why they're doing it in terms of sales. I love this series. I love the character. He is not a character who's going to sell a lot. I really think that Batman and the Outsiders, because it has Batman in the title, would sell. It's classic. It's got great runs in the past. Why aren't we launching Batman and the Outsiders series off of this? I I will say I bought one of the first Urban Legends trades, but all that collects is this Chip Zdarsky Red Hood story, which I liked. 
and the um, grifter story, which only I liked. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the podcast. On the Clearly po- someone liked it because it's getting a freaking <laughs> Wildcat series, <laughs> which we are not reviewing because it is not about Batman. Thank God. So yes, Urban Legends as an entire series gets a huge thumbs down. Every single thumb I have down. (laughs) The Outsider story makes this particular issue a neutral because it was a great story. Mm -hmm. Batman? You got to average it out, though. All the other stories. You average it out and it's crap. I mean, it's such a great story. It's such a great story. They're making it so Um, hard for me to be positive. They are. (laughs) All right. So, all right. Future State Gotham number 17 staff. (laughs) Thumbs up. <laughs> it's so bad. Why do you keep doing this? There's talents, and Damien is possessed by Jim This is so what? stupid. It what? makes what? no what? sense. Possessed by Joe Chill. Yes, he came back from hell possessed by Joe Chill. This is so stupid. This was the last issue. No, no second, second last blood. issue. Next oh, month. Okay. Thank yeah. goodness it's the last issue next month. I couldn't take this anymore. That was so stupid. Oh, I loved it. It was so good. So many thumbs down for me. Oh, oh, and 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 Dick has teleported and he took everybody's masks off. I'm wondering what Steph is actually gonna do when this thing goes away. My pleasure and joy in life will go away. That's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna have to take. Come on, there's there's so many better titles you can read than none that make me laugh quite as much as Future Street Gotham. That's that's fair. (laughs) You had to review what you wouldn't feel this way. All right, I am Batman number thirteen. Um. Oh gosh, neutral. And the only thing keeping this from being a thumbs down is Tiff. Tiff's little storyline is getting interesting, but this book is. I like Tiff so. But still, it was. Uh, I'm kind of ready for this to end. I am super ready for this to end, and there's no freaking end in sight. Ah, oh, it's a neutral for me because I actually enjoyed seeing question. Um, I thought that was cool, but man, this book is testing my patience. Also, I like the art. I like. I think Christian Gute is a oh, good yeah. artist. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Um. All right, Batman's mystery casebook. This is a young adult's graphic novel. They're doing a preview issue for Batman Day. Um. Just basically Encyclopedia Brown, but Batman. I read, I read the Riddler story. I think I skipped the second one because it just wasn't my jam. And I think I had read the the last one somewhere before. I think that was previewed somewhere, and I read it. But anyway, it was cute. I'm not. I didn't rate it because I didn't finish reading it, and it's just not my jam. But it was really cute, and I think it is a great entry point for like. Um, older, younger kids <laughs> um, who want to read a Batman comic and maybe they shouldn't be reading The Venture of the Quest. <laughs> uh, it's an abstain for me for several reasons. One, it's a young, young adult book and I'm an ancient adult. So <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't jive with me. And I'm kind of turned off for the fact because when, when, when it was first solicited way back then before I actually saw the cover and read the solicit, I was thinking, wow, they're following up on the black case book. And <laughs> this is be, not that. This an is, unfortunate title. This yes. is not that at all. So pass. 
I did the review for this. Um, I'm a huge fan of Charlie Fish. I also did the review for his Batman Scooby-Doo Adventures, which is coming back, and I'm kind of excited about that. I feel like this was kind of constrained by editorial. Um, like, he has a very small cast. He does push against that cast sometimes, and he's very clever, but it feels like Charlie Fish is really great because of his intelligent use of the less known parts of the Gotham universe. I mean, the Batman, not the entire DC universe. Like, he's so steeped in lore and so clever. I mean, he's a PhD in child developmental psychology. So he's just really, really smart, really thoughtful. And so this is very well done. And like I said, it's got the Encyclopedia Brown structure where they give you the first part of the story and then you're supposed to stop and try and solve the mystery and then it shows you how to get there. Um, very educational. I like the themes of solve your problems with your with your mind, not your violence, not cheating. Just use your mind and put things together. Um, good stuff. It just feels a little constrained because it doesn't play to his strengths as just such a rich wellspring of lore and creative plotting. So I'm going to say thumbs up, but it's kind of a weak thumbs up. And it's a very big thumbs up for small kids. It's mm-hmm. just as an adult, I enjoyed his Batman Scooby-Doo because he was able to really delve into some of the lesser character, lesser known characters and the plotting. Poison Ivy number four. I didn't read it. I got it from the box from the only two weeks I, I pulled up. Anyway. I am losing my mind. Did nobody else read it? Well, it was a neutral for I wasn't going to read it anyway. I mean, he wasn't going to read it anyway, but I've been, I've been following well, Poison Ivy. Well, you pull it up because I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Let's, let's look it up. Poison Ivy number four. Release. September 6th. That was last week. I didn't um, read Right it. Well, is a neutral for me. It was very uh, heavy-handed on the evil corporate man, which I mean, you know, fair, <laughs> and the evils of the way Amazon treats their employees, which again, fair. Um, but it's just her. It would be- come across a lot better if it wasn't from another big corporation. <laughs> but. You know, I mean, it's just her killing people feeling like she's allowed to. And it's like, that's not how you solve problems. And then she, oh gosh, yeah, she cheats on Ivy. Although I guess they're technically on a break. I don't know I mean, how Harley. Works. Harley, that's what I said. And, um, and like she's having sex with this other woman thinking about Harley sitting there watching them and waving at them. It was a whole weird thing. So Note to self, this book continues to sound like things <laughs> I don't want to read. So neutral, I, I'm. she's having some thoughts of like doing nice things. Like she kills the guy to be nice, you know, so there's that. Um, <laughs> but what? It's because he's mean to his employees. Because he works for Amazon. I mean, they never, at disclaimer, they don't Okay, say, mean they don't to your employees doesn't mean deserves to be <laughs> murdered, though. Well, he also sexually harasses people, and apparently that means he Still can... not deserving to I be know. murdered. I know, but anyway, so, neutral because maybe she's having some character development, but I'm having problems sticking with this book. Well, I've yeah. never stuck with this book, so, nope. Well, please don't plant any, any spores in me, but I promise to... Be caught up by next episode. Oh, good. That's it. I'm done. All right. All right. Now we're going to get to the book. <laughs> Batman versus Robin number one. This is written by Mark Wade and illustrated by Isad Ribic, who came over from Marvel. Let's give it a quick rating. And then I want to talk about the big thing of this issue. Um, ugh, I don't even know. What did I say? What did I write down? 
thumbs down, but like not an emphatic, I hate this thumbs down, but like a, I don't like where this started thumbs down. Obviously, they're going to have to give us some backstory because everything Robin is doing is stupid. He's hurting children uh, who are working for him and he's being a jackass and not explaining himself. And of course, you know, that's all storytelling, whatever. Um, But yeah, overall. Oh, and you don't know who Bruce is at the beginning and like why he's at Wayne Manor. And also you, they had this whole thing about Zatanna being part of the story. And then she shows up, she's hanged herself, <laughs> but she still gives them advice because that's how that works. Uh, and magic isn't my favorite use of thing in books. So in conclusion, thumbs down with potential for getting better. But I was not impressed with this first issue. So for me, it was neutral trending down, but I think my friend Steph has talked me into going all the way. So for me, it is thumbs down as well. There was just too many things I didn't like, too much off panel land, because again, Mm -hmm. you, you don't know how Damien gets to be who he is and then there's the question that we haven't discussed yet. It's just a little bit too much. <laughs> Thumbs down for me as well. I did not enjoy this book at all. Um, I think there are good parts of it. I don't think the writing is terrible. Mm-hmm. I think the art's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the writing, especially structurally, it buys that thing where it's like, you got to start the story in the middle. And I'm like, you don't really have to start in the middle. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like this is too abrupt. It's too frustrating. And it's frustrating in a way that makes me just not want to read it rather than frustrating in a way as like, oh, I want to know how this yeah. got this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Because so, let's, it spends too much time starting with that jarring action beginning. Well, it leans it? into that. Like, most of the story is just being deliberately unpleasant yeah. to show you how bad things are. Yeah. And I feel like what would also, like, push it to the, like, thumbs down emphatic for me was that Damien's one of my favorite characters. And I feel like it's stories like this that fuel the fire of people who hate Damien. And that bothers me because I love Damien and this is not who Damien is. And then, two, it's coming up. How did you you describe it earlier? Oh, he's my son and he's disappointing me. And he's making me an unproud mama. But... I don't remember exactly what I said. I'm high on cookie dough. But, <laughs> but, and then, and then we're coming off the high of, of the Robin book, which was so good. It was so good. And this is not good. <laughs> and it's just such a drop in, in, again, not production quality. The writing itself isn't cringeworthy. The art is fantastic, but it's just not a story I want to read. I wanted to keep reading Robin. Yeah, I think that says it quite well. All right, let's talk about The Thing. The Thing. Alfred. Alfred, The Thing. Alfred shows up at Bruce's door. He proves that it's quote-unquote really him. Is it really him? That's our first question. Oh. I mean, to be honest, I don't really care. (laughs) I mean... I care. He's coming home to such a rude awakening. Like, the no one's living in the house. Bruce is there for literally no reason. He's like, I don't know why I'm here. And then 
and then he gets almost murdered by by Damien. Like literally, Damien pulls out Shanks and is about to slice and dice him. And ugh, just... if it's magic, whatever. Actually, someone I someone pointed out that you know it could be magic, and that I that he had been cremated, and so I was just imagining like a giant magic jigsaw puzzle <laughs> putting the cremated ashes back together wait was he cremated they said that in the book they said it in the book Bruce said he was cremated in this book or in, ba- in no. pennyworth all right in, in this one in this oh, one. okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually well, I did. It's cremation it has to be magic I, I feel like it has to be yeah yeah uh, the magic clone or oh yeah it could be a clone. something water clone sorry the reason i i'm so torn on this is i desperately want alfred to be back yeah but i feel like the way they're doing this feels like it could be yanking the rug out front right like they'll say he's back but then at the end of the book he'll either die again or it'll be a clone and he'll fade away to nothing even though that's not how clones work or it's another clone. Stop it, Marvel. This is a water clone. that's not a thing or it's another clay face or it's another clay face or it's i want him to really be back i don't want this to be a trick it's gonna be something that'll piss us off. So and part again, of, I see that I'm a Wave fan. Part of me wonders if it's if if it is magic, if it's something someone I don't know who would have come up with to try to level out Damien. Because I feel like since he went again coming off the fantastic book of Robin, where the memory of Alfred was enough to like level out Damien and and help him find himself or whatever it was um that having a real Alfred around would help bring Damien back from whatever he is going under right now because we don't know um but I mean that would be heartbreaking because if it's not really him then screw that I feel like a thing like Alfred coming back from the dead is something that should be an event and mm-hmm. i feel like that should be like the crossover event like catwoman goes to find a mystery and finds alfred and it's like part of a big event that's over many titles because alfred's a, a character who touches every bat character's lives mm-hmm. he is so beloved so effective as a, a character so narratively useful he's got such good relationships he's such got a strong voice like i know this is supposed to be like an event miniseries but it's just one series and no other issue is connected with it. Nothing else is talking about it. So it really feels like it doesn't really matter, which is why it feel like it could be a trick and I really don't want it to be a trick. And so I'm kind of super pissed off. Plus I don't like the issue, but even apart from that, I'm like, I want to trust that Alfred's back and I don't trust because of the way they're doing it mm-hmm. in this, this series. So, yeah. Um, any other points you want to discuss about Alfred coming back? The big issue? No. I'll believe it when I see it, quote unquote. Spritzing with a hose. Yeah, I will believe it when he starts being solicited in issues that are not in this series. When he starts showing up in other other books, I'll believe he's back. Now, here's a question. So, I used to watch and still do on occasion uh, Rick and Morty. And part of the humor of that show is that the Rick and Morty we see now are not the Rick and Morty from the beginning of the series because they've been shifted between reality lines and rebooted and cloned and so many other crazy things because it's nihilistic humor where they believe nothing matters. But um, 
so if this turned out to be some kind of clone, but emotionally he feels like he's Alfred, would you be okay with him being the new status quo Alfred? If he has all the memories um, and acts the same as Alfred, I would be okay with it, although it wouldn't be ideal. I wouldn't prefer it. He'd be Archimedes, uh, Alfred. <laughs> if it- Calling it now. He's a clone and a used Bruce's Wayback Machine from Scott Snyder's run to put memories in him. Problem solved. And it's still stupid. Yeah, it's still stupid. All right, that ends our Greater Gotham. We didn't really have any listener feedback, unfortunately. You guys should talk to us. Tell us how you think. Tell me I'm wrong for what was what was I saying that I was going to get canceled for today? Your opinion of something. <laughs> yeah. Was it that I didn't like Batman R.I.P.? I think it might have been that. I still anyway, run it. come at me, bros. And sisters. And sisters. <laughs> Let me read our supporters. If you support us a certain level on Patreon, we read your name every episode. And we really appreciate what you do because you fund our servers that let us have our archives. And those archives are really cool resources for people. Like I've gone back and listened to tons of episodes, just seeing what comics were like back then. You get your reviews and your analyses and really good relationships with the character, the, the podcast hosts, not me. Cause I only started in 2017 or 18. Yeah, I think it was 18. All right. We appreciate Lisa Slack, Ian Miller, Gerald Green, Joshua Lappin Bertoni, Rob O, Tim Garassi, Stephanie Mounts, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Jessica Morales, and David Richards. Thank you all so much for supporting us and letting us keep our archive and our website going. That brings us to the end of our podcast. Thank you all for listening. This has been Ian. This is Dev. And this is Theo. And we'll be back next time with more exciting reviews.